You're a busy provider trying to stay current with the latest HIV testing, prevention, and treatment guidelines, and your pockets are overflowing with note cards. You need a convenient, trustworthy source for HIV testing, treatment, prevention, and care protocols. All healthcare professionals have a role in stopping HIV. Introducing HIV Care Tools from the AIDS Education and Training Center program. The HIV Care Tools mobile app is simple, free, and fully functional offline or online. It features quick guides for HIV prevention, screening, testing, diagnosis, and treatment. HIV Care Tools provides common clinical calculators used in HIV management and provide validated screening tools for comorbidities such as depression, substance use disorders, and PTSD. And if you need clinician-to-clinician consultation, HIV Care Tools provides one-touch access to free clinical consultation services by a multidisciplinary team of experts. Take us with you. Download HIV Care Tools today. Welcome to Nika in the Know, a podcast for healthcare providers in the HIV field. I'm Mariana Breitman. Today, I'm sitting down with Michelle Thompson, Program Manager at the Rutgers School of Nursing, Francois Xavier Bagno Center, also known as FXB, and Ola Oshunkayode, Program Coordinator, to talk about a recent webinar series they've put together regarding HIV and aging. Welcome, Michelle and Ola. Thank you. Thank you, Mariana. Glad to be here. So, Michelle, let's just dive right in. How did FXB develop the concept of an HIV and aging series? And, you know, what resources did you use to guide the program planning? Well, it was a process that moved along very quickly once we determined this was what we wanted to do. So we have NECA um, in-house meetings monthly. And at these meetings, sometimes we discuss evidence-based training we'd like to offer for providers in our region. Um, Ola suggested two training topics on HIV and aging. Once we began in discussion, we concluded we should develop multiple topics addressing con uh, current treatment trends that focus on unique needs of aging patients. New Jersey has a large population of such patients. We really wanted to reach clinical providers in the region. Um, We're still trying to get people over 50 tested early to combat late diagnosis that can severely affect their health outcomes. Upon doing research, we used a report published by the New Jersey Department of Health. And as of June 30th, 2020, 80% of the 38,025 cases of people living with HIV in New Jersey are 40 years and older. People between the ages of 40 to 49 account for 18% of these cases, and the remaining 62% are people 50 and older. Males and females 50 plus have a cumulative total of 23,594 cases. That is a large uh, part of our HIV, um, people living with HIV in New Jersey. So I looked a little further and I sought out data for New York City. So in New York City, 18% of individuals who were newly diagnosed with HIV in 2020 were over the age of 50. 
And of the more than 100,000 New Yorkers living with diagnosed HIV in 2020, 57% were age 50 or older. In 2030, they believe an estimated 70% of the entire cases in the U.S. of persons living with HIV will be 50 or older. This made me think, and I shared with the team, that we needed to do this bigger than a local level. We needed to do local, regional, get it on the NCRC website, and also market it nationally because everyone in the United States is treating a population of 50 plus people who are living with HIV. So the team decided to create a list of topics that we felt were most important to our providers using evidence-based research, data compiled by the New Jersey Department of Health, and on a national level, along with training request topics on HIV and aging that we receive through needs assessments, our post-program evaluations, and concerns of members of the community who are part of the multiple committee meetings that we attend. After we submitted a list of 20 topics to the team, Ola and I decided to focus on the top 10 that we felt were most relevant to what we hoped to accomplish and the 10-part series was born. Michelle, what was your experience with identifying experts in HIV care and geriatric care? You know, what challenges did you face? Well, based on past collaborations and programs, we knew that Dr. Eugenia Siegler and Tessa, D, Tessa Marie Del Carmen from Will Cornell were HIV geriatric specialists along with Dr. Jeffrey Kwong from Rutgers University. And Dr. Desel Reyes had also written articles and presented at conferences specifically on health literacy and the aging HIV population. So all four were more than willing to bring their expertise and be a part of the series. For the remainder of our series faculty, we collaborated with our regional partners from Jefferson Health, Columbia Behavioral Health, Albany Medical Center, the AIDS Institute Oral Health Resource Center, and SUNY Downstate. We requested that they identify expert speakers in their network for each topic related to the specialties and refer us to those speakers. Again, we were very fortunate that the identified experts were on board to be a part of the series. And now it's getting really exciting as we watch it start to come together, like this can really happen in a short amount of time. I think the biggest challenge that we experienced was confirming everyone for specific dates and times in a very short amount of time. Um, we started recruiting towards the end of August in hopes of offering the first topic of the series in September. This would also need to include developing a marketing piece and getting approval from HRSA to enable us to market the flyer regionally and nationally. We made it by the skin of our teeth with no time to spare. And our first program was scheduled for September and we have been very successful in getting participants registered. Ola, can you talk a little bit about the existing knowledge gaps in understanding the impact of aging on people with HIV? 
Thank you, Mariana. Uh, first off, I'm going to piggyback off some of the existing uh, information and knowledge that we have based on research that has been going on, that everybody is a well-known fact that HIV is not no longer a death sentence. It's a lifelong chronic condition. So this means people are living long with HIV and um, obviously there's a change and there continues to be this change in the demographics. So judging on what we have, like Michelle mentioned earlier in our needs assessment and the, um, the topics that were checked off, especially to be precise, we have a whole lot of our agencies uh, that we work with that ticked off the topic HIV and aging. Then HIV and comorbidities were also very uh, uh, popular topics that run across the needs assessment that we used in coming up with this uh, um, this uh, series. Also, we also we are also aware that there is a there is a need for an integrated approach to caring with for people with HIV, and that there there is a lack of uh, integration per se for treating people that are not to not to treat people the same way, like you won't treat a twenty five year old person with HIV the same way you treat. So it's not a one size fits all. So the impact of aging on comorbidities needed to be examined and particular attention needed to be paid to all of these issues so that the needs of people with aging with HIV can be met. Also, uh, the topics that were also identified, we also found out that due to the issues of uh, workforce uh, shortage that is an ongoing uh, phenomenon in this field, we found out that, for instance, it's not possible for all these uh, providers to have a geriatrician, for example, in their practice. So how do we, if people are aging, how are we able to address the health, health services that they need if it is not Oh, it is almost impossible to have a geriatrician in every HIV-serving clinic or practice. So how do we come about? So we see that there is a gap here, and this HIV and aging series provides us with an opportunity to uh, to to raise in, improve the capacity of what we have on ground, and by training people, for instance, in uh, by training providers for instance, in how to integrate geriatric care into an existing practice, then we are able to make use of what we have to address the situation that is ongoing. So all of this would help us to actually, um, to actually address the gaps in this uh, understanding, in, our, in, in an effort to understand the relationship between aging, and HIV, as well as the comorbidities, that is a very major characteristic of uh, um, of um, people that are aging with HIV. And Ola, how does an HIV and aging series improve the capacity of providers in meeting the needs of persons aging with HIV? Our expectations are that clinicians that attend these uh, webinars are able to take away um, some skills and tools that are already existing, that are already being used. If you look at the, the, the list of uh, uh, speakers, they are seasoned and expert 
speakers in the field, their specialties, they know they, they have years of experience. And so, for instance, in the integrating geriatric care to clinical practice, uh, which was one of our topics, we, judging by the level of expertise of our speaker, we expect that uh, there, because there are already existing tools that our speakers already know, they are using it, they have uh, information that they can share. Participants at this training are able to take away information and uh, adopt some of these existing tools that they can also use in their own practice and they can combine these with what they already know so that they can uh, effectively uh, address the, uh, the the concerns of their of their of their of their clients. Also our expectations is that participants at this uh, at these webinars are able to collaborate with other specialties that uh, know uh, that they, they have a lot of experience in the field. Let's say, for instance, uh, managing management of comorbidities, a speaker is able to share information, the most relevant information, the most up-to-date information with the with the participants and at the training. Also, we also know that because um, some specific specialties, like let's say, for instance, uh, pain management, is not something that is readily available in all the clinics. So the speaker that we have speaking on this topic is a very seasoned, uh, very um, knowledgeable that has so many years on the field and they are able to share tools with participants that they can go to their practice and adopt. Also, uh, we also know that the, it is very important for participants to, to learn what has worked. And by this, I mean the best practices of what is already working and how can they adopt this that they can use it. One of uh one of the other one 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 more topic that I need to just also mention is the um topic that addresses the mental health needs of persons aging with HIV AIDS. We know that when participants are able, I mean when clinicians are able to learn from people that are already in that field for so many years, they're able to take some information, some school, some tools and strategies in helping because this is these are specialties, these are specialized areas. So clinicians are able to take and learn from people that are already seasoned in the field of uh, um, mental health and they're able to take away. Another example is um, health and literacy. It's a often is an often ignored um, uh, area for people aging with HIV. These are these are very important things. So they can actually get uh, up to date information on how to make sure that the speed that the, the patients are able to optimize their health and the impact of health literacy is taken into cognizance when uh, dealing with people in this group. Michelle, as we begin to wrap up, tell listeners if you intend to continue this series and any plans for it that you have in the future. Well, we've only addressed 10 of the 20 topics that we thought were relevant. So hopefully the plan is using the NECA database for the post-program evaluation to add very customized questions that we'd like to know what providers would like to see 
in the future for topics related to HIV and aging. That's always very important. We do know by the webinars that we've had, learners were very invested. Um, discussion has been great. Questions have been great. So we know that there is still a lot of things to learn. And hopefully, if we repeat it as a series, which we plan on doing, hopefully, <laughs> we would like to really target um, primary care providers and family medicine doctors, because a lot of our um, patients, our patient population, are seeing those doctors as opposed to specialized ID physicians. And there's going to be a big change in the workforce. So we want to do some more research to get the information out there that we think learners need to know and that they're requesting to know. Michelle, Ola, thanks so much for joining us and telling us about why it's so important to address the needs of persons aging with HIV and why this matters for providers and the HIV community. We really hope you learned something new today. To learn more about Nika AETC's work and our role in ending the HIV epidemic, visit us at www.nikaaetc.org. That's www.nikaaetc.org. If you have questions or comments about anything we covered today, or if you have suggestions for topics you'd like to hear us talk about, don't hesitate to email us at podcast at nikaaetc.org. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at nikaaetc.org. Stay safe, and we'll see you on Thursday for our next episode of Nika in the Know. This presentation is supported by the Health Resources and Services Administration, HRSA, of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS. The contents are those of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official views of, nor an endorsement by HRSA, HHS, or the U.S. government.